Good morning. Welcome this Thursday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday reading in the book of Leviticus concerning the different feast and what God required for the Feast of Weeks. All the different things, the sacrifices, uh, the counting of the days. And today we're going to be reading from the book of Numbers as we continue our study. And the emphasis was yesterday on Laban. Why were these two wave loaf offerings of fine flour or bread that had been cooked uh, told that they were to contain Laban in them, yet the bread for the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread was all without Laban and so many of the other offerings uh, God required that they have no Laban whatsoever. So what made it so special? And one of the things that we discovered was that both the Jews and the Gentiles, which represent or are represented in those two loaves, are not perfect yet. And they will not be perfect yet until after the rapture, the glorified bodies, and living and reigning with Christ during the millennium, we will have bodies that will no longer be tempted in the sense that the flesh is tempted, and we will have overcome all of that. So until then, when we do get to the Feast of Tabernacles, and it talks about the offerings there that are offered, you will find that in the Feast of Tabernacles, which represents basically the time of the millennium, there will be no, there will be in that uh, offering absolutely no laven. So let's look at this now. In the book of Numbers, chapter 28, verse number 26. Also in the day of first fruits. Now this was another name that was given to it. As we had mentioned before, there were quite a number of names that were given to the Feast of Weeks. Uh, the counting, uh, the first fruits. Uh, basically, it's the second harvest because the first harvest was the barley and then the that was in the spring. And then the next harvest was in the summer, which was the wheat harvest. So you had the first fruits of the wheat. You had the first fruits of the barley. And of course, that was represented in Christ being the first fruit from the resurrection. So also in the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new meat Offering And the word there for meat offering can also be a meal offering unto the Lord. After your weeks be out, ye shall have a holy convocation and you shall do no work or servile work. Now, one of the things that we have to understand, the Jews had the Sabbath. That was the equivalent of our Saturday today. And on that day, which was considered uh, a day where they were to rest, they were not to do any type of work or anything. It was considered the seventh day, and Sunday would be considered the first day of the week. It was the seventh day, and it was holy unto them every single week. But every time one of these feasts took place, it was also called a Sabbath. It was a holy convocation. It was a holy day. So therefore, no work of any type was to be done. Uh, they were to consider it holy unto the Lord, holy unto his name. So once they had counted all the days and the weeks were 
the week was up and they reached the 50th day, then of course they were on the day of Pentecost, New Testament terminology, versus the Feast of Weeks, Old Testament terminology. Now, in verse 27 it says, But you shall offer the burnt offering for a sweet savor, savor unto the Lord, two young bullocks, one ram, seven lambs of the first year. And we'll discuss these later as to the representative meaning of these things. We're just taking the verses in the Old Testament, uh, in the Pentateuch, the books of the Law of Moses, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Exodus, that involve this feast. So this is what is written concerning that. In verse 27, you shall offer the burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord. Two young bullocks, one ram, seven lambs of the first year. Verse 28. And their meat offering, and their meat offering of flour. So once again, meal offering. And their meal offering of flour mingled with oil. Three tenths of a meal unto the bullock. And two tenths of a meal unto the ram. And the word there is actually the word deals. Uh, the translations uh, for us. It, it Basically it winds up being the tenth part. So it says... And their meal offering of flour mingled with oil, three-tenths unto, uh, unto one bullock and two-tenths uh, unto one ram. And then verse 29. And several-tenths deals or portions unto one lamb throughout the seven lambs. So notice each one of these lambs specifically had a meal offering uh, that went with it. And then one kid of the goat to make an atonement for you. And uh, the atonement, which is another of the feasts that is uh, of the seven feasts. You have the, the atonement, the feast of atonement, uh, the feast of taber- the feast of trumpets coming up, the feast of atonement, then the feast of tabernacles. And on the feast of atonement, of course, that's when the sins of the entire nation of, uh, of Israel were atoned for. And usually it was a goat, one goat that was uh, killed and the other goat that was let loose into the wilderness. And one kid of the goat to make an atonement for you. Verse 31, And you shall offer besides that, besides them, the continual burnt offerings and meal offerings, and they shall be unto you without blemish and their drink offerings. So we see... That in the book of Numbers, there's an addition that is explained concerning these offerings that were offered during the day of Pentecost or during the day or the Feast of Weeks. Now, to us, it's very significant because all of these things have a representative type or shadow or something that they show us that in when they were doing it, even though it was a live animal, it was actually a, an actual sacrifice and everything that they were going through, but it was a type of something that was going to be taking place for the church, the body of Christ, in the New Testament. 
Now we can add to that in the book of Exodus in chapter 12 in verse 15. There was to be no laven in the meal offering whatsoever. And of course, uh, the Passover for Israel, which was the very first one when they came out of Egypt, versus Jesus being our Passover lamb in the New Testament, that was also celebrated without any laven whatsoever. But the first initial one, the very first Passover that took place in the Old Testament was in Egypt, was with the nation of Israel, was with Moses when they were brought out, when the death angel came, and the firstborn of everything that was not under the blood died. So it says in Exodus 12, 15, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Notice, very specific. And it is very specific because the unleavened bread continued after Passover. It still continued. And it had to be with unleavened bread. And then, of course, by the third day after you have Passover and then the unleavened uh, bread and then the Feast of First Fruits, which was the barley harvest or the resurrection of Jesus, they're still eating that unleavened bread up until four days more after that. They were still celebrating that. So seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away laven out of your houses. And laven is represented as sin or evil or wickedness or all of these things. When it talks about their houses, it could specifically mean you as an individual. The Bible talks about the house of David and the house of Saul. And of course, it wasn't talking about the dwelling place physically. But it was talking about the descendants of them. But it also has reference to the actual building. So, seven days you shall eat and you shall put away laven out of your house. Or we can say out of your life. For whosoever eateth laven bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. That's how important it was that they have no laven. That's how important it was that Jesus be 100% pure, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle before God, as the Lamb of God offered for us and for our sins. It had to be perfect. In this case, it says for those seven days, there is to be absolutely, you have to go throughout the house, you have to search it, and if there were crumbs of laven bread from before that had fallen on the ground or on the table or somewhere, everything needed to be taken out. There could be no laven whatsoever in that physical home. But that speaks of today in our lives. In our lives naturally and our lives spiritually before God, there is to be the removal of any and all laven which is represented by sin until the seventh day and then that soul would be cut off from Israel. It says in verse number 19 as we continue reading seven days there shall be no laven found in your houses for whosoever eateth that which is lavened 
Even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Verse 20, you shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. So once again, we're talking about your dwelling place. We're talking about basically where you lived, uh, where your dwelling is, the place that you inhabit, the place where you're literally sitting and living in. You shall eat nothing leavened in your habitations. You shall eat unleavened bread. Verse 31, And he called Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both of you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as ye have said. Pharaoh finally caved in. And he says unto them, Also take your flocks, your herds, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. Verse 33, And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We will all we be dead men. And in verse 34, And the people took their dough before it lavened, their knitting throth, being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. In other words, they took their 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 dough with them as they were leaving Egypt, and it had to be without laven in it. <clears throat> so consider this: in our lives, there is the potential for crumbs. Of Laban to fall from anybody's table or from any place where we're at or any relationship that we come into contact through. And it is important for us to make sure that that Laban is not found in your household, in your personal life, or even in your descendants, your family, especially the heads of the household. So consider this for food for thought and for the imagination. The importance of God telling them, with the exception of this feast, you shall have two wave loaves with laven in it. In other words, we will be an imperfect people up until we're completely transformed and changed into the image of Christ with glorified bodies, then and only then can we truly say that we are without laven in our lives totally and completely. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Until we meet again on Friday morning. Amen.